everybody. It's Matt. Uh, Shy Guy City, if you're nasty, or nerd, or only know me from Discord. Um, we're here to do a critical diversions, games, and news. Is that what I called it last time? I'll have to look. Uh, I should probably come up with a better name for these. I mean, it is literally just me talking about games and news, but maybe we should come up with something a little better. It's funny, when I came up with Critical Diversions uh, as a name for our magazine, I got a lot of compliments uh, on the name, and I agree it's, an, it's a great name. It's, it's the best name I've ever come up with for anything. I will probably never come anywhere close with anything ever again. I am going to latch on to this until the day I die. Speaking of dying, it's like 6 in the morning here. I'm tired. It's so early that I haven't even had a coffee yet. Uh, maybe we'll get that on a break. It's also a very, uh, very chill, foggy fall day here in Hamburg. Uh, looking forward to hanging out with my wife later. Should be good. But for now... Let's uh, let's talk about games and news. News and games. Oh, also, I wanted to do a new segment. I mean, this is only the second episode. I want to talk about the state of the games club. I figured most of the people actually listening to this are probably involved or listen to uh, the games club <laughs> episodes of this. Um, so yeah, we just did What Remains of Edith Finch. A few days ago, I think at the time of this, it was three days ago, four days ago. Uh, that was great. Um, I think that is my favorite episode that we have recorded yet. Um, big thanks to Callie and Boogs for showing up for the first time in any of our uh, meetups. Uh, that, it was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I think it was the best recorded episode despite all the technical hiccups. Um I really, I, I said this in our, um, in our text summary, I just, I love seeing how different each lineup of people is per episode. Um, I also really appreciate, you know, Callie who doesn't play nearly as many games as the rest of us that she was able to come in here and provide a different perspective on something like this. Um, that's just, it's so fucking cool. That's exactly what I wanted out of this. It took us a while, uh, but we got there. We got there in terms of, um, I don't know, hitting our stride with a games club. You know, we started off rough with Portal, Portal 2, um, but I, I think it all feels pretty good now. I, I hope it's not just me that thinks that, but this is exactly what I wanted this whole thing to be way better, honestly, than what I was expecting. Uh, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Talked a lot about crystals and um, family trauma. We threw in some Edith Finch in there when we could spare the time. It was good. Um, in regards to what we're doing next, already announced the next two. Uh, it's Gunbrella and um, Firewatch, which, you know, Firewatch... Uh, I haven't played since, I don't know, 2017 or something like that. Uh, very, you know, it's another first-person 
again, I don't like the term walking simulator. It's another walking simulator, walking simulator in the same vein as Edith Finch. Um, I just wanted to have something in between Edith Finch and Firewatch, so we're, we're shoving Gunbrilla in there real quick. I'm looking forward to those. We'll talk a little bit about Gunbrella. I, I've only played, like, I don't know, an hour of it so far. We'll talk about that a little bit in the games section. Um, so, yeah, Gunbrella and Firewatch are going to lead us into Mario Wonder at the end of the month. Um, and then I think we haven't talked about this in the Discord yet. Uh, we're going to be doing... Oh, we're planning on doing one big longer game for like the entire month of November for a couple of reasons. I'm not going to say what those reasons are. Some of it isn't public information yet. Uh, and yeah, I think that game is going to be Yakuza Like a Dragon. We had also talked about 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, which I played Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, right after it came out. It is one of my favorite games of all time. Um... 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. I know Wilk and Colin specifically fucking love that game. Uh, I really want to get around to it. It just came to PlayStation Plus Extra like a couple weeks ago, which is kind of why it's on my mind. Um, but yeah, I th as of right now, that's the plan. Gunbrilla, Firewatch, Mario Wonder, Yakuza Like a Dragon. So, uh, you know, if you're wondering what's coming up, that's what's coming up. Uh, we might do, some, Wilkins and I have been talking about just doing some stuff, uh, I don't know, like smaller, uh, not just games, but smaller sessions in general uh, in November while we're doing Yakuza Like a Dragon. We talked about Uncharted 4, replaying that. Don't know, too far out there for my brain to process. But yeah, that's the general plan through November, I guess. Um, and then in regards to anything else going on in the Discord, we had a lot of fun the, the other day uh, posting our top 25 games lists. I think that was what, Wilkins, Colin, me, Seth, Hunter, I think. Uh, that was a lot of dumb fun. Uh, especially the Wilkins versus Hunter uh, feud, I guess. Um Nothing specific to really go over in a podcast form. It was just a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad we were having just a dumb, fun activity in the Discord. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it when it comes to Games Club updates. Uh, let's talk about some games, I guess. Um, I guess we'll start with Gunbrilla, since I mentioned I would talk about it here. Uh, like I said, not going to go super in-depth. I'm not that far in. And this is our next session coming up. Uh, I like it so far. I'm not in love with it. But again, I'm super early on. Um, this isn't inherently a bad thing, at least not for me. A lot more talking than I was expecting. Um, but that's good. I really... The, the world and tone is incredible. Um, God, the music. <sighs> that fucking saxophone. Whew. Um in terms of gameplay, yeah, the, the movement feels incredible. So, for those who don't know, you're a dude out for revenge, and you're armed with a gunbrilla, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a gun that also functions as an umbrella. Uh, that mostly comes about in that you can 
dash forward or even in any direction, basically, uh, by pressing the R button in the direction you want to go in. Um, so yeah, it's very speedy. You can kind of dash all around. You can also hold the button, the R button, or the I guess I'll just call it the umbrella button. That's a great button. Uh, you hold it down to defend yourself. You can do um, counters. Like if you if you press the umbrella open at the right moment, you will reflect projectiles back at, at enemies. Um, it's good. I like it. I'm not in love with it, but again, I'm I'm only an hour in. I'm not. It's not that big of a deal. I'm not coming down on the game or anything. Um, I know both Seth and Wilkins fucking love it, especially Seth. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing more. I just haven't been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate three. Um, which I'll save that for a little bit. I wanted to talk a bit about, uh, the messenger. So Seth, Wilk and I got together and talked about sea of stars for like two hours, which all three of us like the game. Uh, I think honestly, probably like on about the same level. Um, it was good, not great. And despite what a lot of people might have you think, uh, Fuck Gerard, the completionist. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, The Messenger was that studio's sabotage studio, I think is their name. That was their previous game that came out back in, I think, 2018 or 19. Um, it is kind of a Ninja Gaiden uh, throwback, kinda. I wouldn't even go that far beyond the fact that there's like ninja shit. <laughs> it's a, I don't know. You know, Ninja Gaiden on the NES, I don't know, it feels so specific, and this doesn't hit that specificity, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, there's ninjas, and you can tell that they're clearly trying to evoke Ninja Gaiden, but I don't know, it doesn't play like Ninja Gaiden to me. Um, I just think it's kind of bad. <laughs> I think it's kind of a bad game, honestly. Um... So, for those who don't know, yeah, like I said, it, it starts off as like a linear Ninja Gaiden-ish experience, and then around like the halfway point or whatever, it turns into... <sighs> Metroidvania is too strong of a word, but it does become like you have to go back to previous environments and explore them to find new paths... Uh, to find the doohickeys that you're looking for. Song notes or song charts or whatever. I don't know. Um, also, along with that Metroidvania change uh, comes an art style change. The game goes from like an 8-bit throwback thing to a 16-bit inspired thing. Uh, which... <laughs> so I bought this game back when it came out. I think I bought this on launch day on Switch. Um, and that's all anyone talked about. I was like, oh the twist, the, the twist that comes, and uh, it's incredible. Uh, I do agree the twist is neat. Um, at least, definitely the art style change. Um, part of my issue with it, the 16-bit look just looks so much better <laughs> and more inspired than the 8-bit look. The 8-bit look just looks like every fucking other 8-bit throwback game that's come out in the past, what, 20 years at this point? Uh, but specifically the 16-bit part of the game looks like a Sega Genesis game, and even kind of sounds like a Sega Genesis game. 
and you don't see that very often so or hear that very often uh so that's to me that was kind of the neatest part of the game was the sega genesis inspired look and feel going on um yeah man it has the same issue as sea of stars though where like when you're going forward the the level design feels good to even like I wouldn't go so far as to say great, but good to pretty dang good. <laughs> I don't know, something like that. Um, but man, the moment they make you start going through the levels in the way that wasn't intended, which is to say, like, backwards or whatever, it just it feels bad. <laughs> like, again, I, I don't want to... I've never developed a game. I, I know these people they mean well these developers i don't i don't mean to shit talk their games again i like sea of stars for what it is but to me both games feel like there was very little focus testing done in like that department in terms of like yeah these feel real good again going forward but the moment we throw any kind of wrench in there it just all goes to shit it's uh it's something man um i was enjoying myself um I don't know, good five-ish hours. I don't know how long the game is. And even the first Metroidvania section that you're kind of presented with, I liked it. I was having an okay time, and then I went to, like, the next section or whatever to look for the next note, and I, I was done. Uh, it's honestly, like, the least I've enjoyed playing a game in quite a while, uh, which is saying something. Uh, I tend to like most games that I play. Uh... Yeah, can't recommend it. I know it's pretty beloved. You know, if you like it, that's good. I'm glad. I just, uh, it doesn't scratch a Ninja Gaiden itch for me. Um, and I love the NES Ninja Gaiden games. Uh, never beat the first one, specifically. I, I've made it to the last boss multiple times and just never could pull it off. But yeah, wouldn't recommend it personally, but I know it has a lot of fans. I know most people like Sea of Stars more than I do, and I think most people like The Messenger more than I do. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It, it's okay, I guess, but yeah. Not my cup of tea. Uh, speaking of flawed, not quite Metroidvanias, I guess, uh, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror uh, came to the Game Boy Advance uh, Nintendo Switch online app on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, like yesterday or something. Um, that game's bad. <laughs> uh, it sucks that this is like the first time I can really sit down and talk about Kirby in any capacity. Uh, on Critical Diversions, uh, Kirby, if you don't know, is my favorite game series. I, it's probably just my favorite, like franchise or whatever. Period. I I fucking love Kirby. Uh, Forgotten Land, one of my favorite games of last year. Uh, honestly, Return to Dreamland Deluxe, one of my favorite games of this year, despite the fact that I loved the original Wii version as well. Um, doesn't take much to please me with Kirby. I really love them. Uh, that said, Amazing Mirror is not it. It is not pleasing in many ways. Um... Maybe I'll start with the good stuff about it, which is the graphics look great. Um, the music is pretty damn good. Even Most of it is remixes or even just uh, 
straight up the Nightmare and Dreamland versions of old Kirby songs. Doesn't matter. Still great. Kirby music is some of the best music in games. Um, it has a really good power-up selection for a Kirby game. Um, you know, a lot of my like favorite Kirby games, they don't always have like a lot of what I would consider like great power-ups. You know, Triple Deluxe on the 3DS I think is a really good Kirby game overall. I don't think a lot of the power-ups are that great. Uh, especially a lot of the returning ones. You know, they always bring back like Sword and Cutter and stuff. I like, I like most of them. Uh, but I like the weirder ones. Uh, Tornado is in Amazing Mirror, and that is one of my favorites. I mean, hell, after Yo-Yo, I think Tornado might be my favorite Kirby power ever. Uh, so Tornado, like I said, is in Amazing Mirror, so that's fucking cool. Um, there's a lot of cool new power-ups in this. I think Magic made its debut in this game. This might also be the only Kirby game where Magic is in. I'm not sure, but uh, that's cute and good. Uh, I think this is also the only mainline Kirby game that has the Smash Bros. power-up because this was, what, 2003 or 2004, and Melee was king of the world, at least of the Nintendo world at that point. Uh, so, yeah, they put Master Hand and, I think, Crazy Hand are, are both bosses in Amazing Mirror, and eating them gives you Kirby's Smash Bros. moveset, or pretty damn close. Uh, it's good. It's really fun to use Kirby Smash Bros. moveset in an actual Kirby game. Um, oh, and another really cool thing. Uh, I already said the graphics are really nice. Everything animates well and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it is a Metroidvania-ish. Again, I'll get into it in a second, but uh, there are... You go from one area to another. Like You start off in this forest area and there's multiple paths through, blah, 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 but I think at the very beginning of the game, you are kind of forced to go into the forest area, and then you end up in, like, a spooky mansion area. Um, but as you are traversing the forest, um, you can see, as you get a couple screens in, like, you can actually see the the spooky mansion uh, in the background as you get closer. It's kind of like, you know, Castlevania, like the old NES Castlevania-ish, where you see Dracula's castle getting closer as you get through the levels. Um, it's not nearly as dramatic or cool as that, but it, 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 it does look good. The backgrounds on this look fantastic. I had only ever played this as a 3DS Ambassador game, which, if you don't know what that means, uh, I guess don't worry about it, but basically I had 10 Game Boy Advance games on my 3DS that other people couldn't have. Sorry, there's an ambulance going. Don't know if that's coming through. It probably is. Um... I'd only played this as a 3DS Ambassador game, and uh, so my memories of it aren't, like, I, I didn't play it as a kid, so I, I don't have that child uh, child brain memory of, like, I can remember everything about this game the way I can for a lot of other Kirby games or Mario games or whatever, but yeah, I didn't remember how good the, the backgrounds and stuff looked. Um, that said, you know, that all sounds like good stuff, and it is. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a Metroidvania. I think I've said that like three times now. Uh, it's almost, it, it's less like a Metroidvania and more, it's almost like an open world 2D platformer. Um, the, the, the map design is it, oh, it's fucking horrible. Uh, I've played like half an hour of it or something, maybe not even that much on my Switch yesterday. 
Um, so many doors, like they don't tell you where the doors lead to, and then you can't go back through most of them. So like if you take a wrong door, you just have to keep going forward until like you could take a warp back. And then you have to go back to where you were previously and go through the other door. It's bad. It's real, real bad. Um, like, yeah, when you're making something like this, that has to be your top priority. It's weird how there's a lot of bad Metroidvania-esque things from, like, bigger companies. Um, I've tried playing Mega Man uh, ZX or ZX or whatever. Um, I still want to get back to it and try it at some point, but it has a similar thing with the maps. Well, not to the degree of like it warping you all over the place and not being able to go back, I don't think. Uh, but specifically, like the map is just bad and you don't know where you're going. It's like, yeah, go to go into door one. And that leads you to area seven for whatever fucking reason. It's bad. It's bad. Um, I truly think Amazing Mirror is probably the worst Kirby game. Um I can't even, you know, with most, you know, like the worst Mario game, I'd still rather play the worst Mario game than a lot of other games. I can't even go so far as to say that for Amazing Mirror because it's just frustrating. Um, I will say with all the Nintendo Switch Online emulator uh, functionality that, that you have access to here, that will negate a lot of these issues. You can make save states and even rewind. So if you go through the wrong door, just hold ZL and ZR and just rewind a few seconds. And you can go through the other door, I guess. Um, the main reason it's notable, besides, again, giving me a chance to talk about Kirby for a couple minutes, um, you can do online four-player with this, with the Nintendo Switch Online app. Um, when this originally released on the Game Boy Advance, you could do link cables with up to four people. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone that has played this game multiplayer. Um, I really want to try it. I know Seth... And a couple other people in the all-in Discord have talked about it, getting something going with that. Uh, I would really love to. Uh, I doubt it's going to fix the majority of my issues with the game. Well, no, I know it won't, because it obviously won't fix the map thing. But what's cool about it is you can also, like, when you're playing single player, you still see the other three Kirbys controlled by the CPU, like, on the map in other areas. So, like, theoretically... I guess you can either pair up together and adventure around together, or you can just split up and one person can take it. So you, theoretically, the game could take a fourth of the time if all four of you are all split up and doing different things, which is great, because then you don't have to keep playing Kirby <laughs> to get Amazing Mirror. Um, but yeah, I really want to try it. I would I would love to try it and, and give this game another shot. But yeah, even in my 15 minutes of playing it, for the first time in like a decade or over a decade, I guess. Yeah, this, this ain't it. This is not a great Kirby game. Um, let's talk about something that is a great game. 30XX. Um, I know I talked about it a little on the last games and news episode. Um, I just feel like I, I need to shout this game from the rooftops. Um, if you love Mega Man and specifically Mega Man X, you need to fucking play this game, especially because I don't think many people are playing it. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about it for super long. I don't think I talked about it for super long last week. There's not like a lot to say about it beyond that it is a Mega Man X roguelite. Um, but in terms of its quality and like everything it does right, 
this game, like to me, it fulfills the premise of what Mega Man X can even be. Like this is better than any Mega Man X game. I think I said that last week or last time. Um, but it, now that I've played, I think I've played like sixty-five hours now, and like I, even right now, I'm like, yeah, I could play some thirty XX. Um, I even if Capcom made a Mega Man X Nine, I it would have to be pretty damn impressive for me to to put a hypothetical Mega Man X9 over 30XX. You know, Mega Man 11 that came out a few years ago, I actually, I think I like it more than most people. I know, like, Jim played a bit of 11 and just straight up didn't like it. I quite like it. Uh, that said, it's nowhere near, like, the best Mega Man game. Um, and in the same in the same regard, I, I, I doubt an official Mega Man X9 from Capcom unless they license it out to this developer, I doubt an actual Mega Man X9 would be anywhere near as good as 30XX. Uh, so yeah, that's just me trying to get on my soapbox and say, hey, fucking play 30XX. It is absolutely incredible. Um, speaking of people being out for my blood, <laughs> uh, F-099, I... I don't have that much more to say about it. It just, it got brought up in the Discord. Stu came out of nowhere to, to yell at me about F-099 <laughs> a couple of days ago. Uh, I like it. I want to emphasize, I, I think it's neat. Uh, I think it's good. I don't think it's great, but hey, if you're loving it, who fucking cares? Um, I did play a lot more. I probably played like two hours straight, um, I don't know, earlier this week. Um, I, I don't know, I just, I just, I don't gel with it that well. You know, people want to yell at me about the meta. Look, I don't even know how you're supposed to tell what the meta is because it's just a bunch of bullshit happening on screen. But, uh, again, I'm mostly joking. Uh, I think the game is good. It's really neat that it exists. I'm glad people are having fun with it. I hope it leads to something else beyond just more 99 games, which I'm sure are coming. Um, that's cool too, but yeah, I would like to see a new F-Zero or something, I don't know. F-Zero has always been pretty cool to me. Um, hell, I'd even take an F-Zero 99-2, if that's, if that makes sense. Uh, but with the N64 aesthetic instead of the Super Nintendo aesthetic, I get it. I, I from my understanding, I think the Super Nintendo F-Zero is still the best-selling game in the series. Definitely, you know, people have a lot of nostalgia for 16-bit graphics and whatever, as discussed earlier with the Messenger. So I get it. I get why they did this. Um, I just feel like an F-099 that looked like the N64 game, F-0X, uh, that would just kind of make more sense. Also, just, I don't know, from like a track design standpoint, I I don't know, whatever. Maybe it, it's probably harder to make an F-099 that is going off of the N64 aesthetic as opposed to the Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo aesthetic. That was a lot of syllables right there. Um, yeah, it's good. I'm glad you all like it. Leave me alone. Uh, I think... Okay, yeah. Lastly, I guess we can talk a little bit about Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, my wife and I finally got into Act 2 um, two nights ago. On our co-op file, I think I I don't remember how in depth I went into Baldur's Gate last week. I know probably not much. Um, 
yeah, on that file, she is playing a um, Githyanki Druid, and I am playing a Dragonborn Monk. Um, it's real fun. For, I mean, for one, this game is incredible. This might end up being my favorite game of all time. Um, I guess in terms of like updates with where we are beyond Act 2, uh, I think my character got with Lazel. The Githyanki, like, warrior hard-ass. Um, I think I realize that I like it when women treat me bad. Or at least my monk does. I don't know. Uh, it was actually genuinely sweet. All joking aside, it was genuinely sweet. Um, when she approached my character at the camp, uh, she was talking about how, you know, she 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 thought all she wanted was like fighting and like blood and murder and shit. And now she's saying that she actually just wants me. Uh, yeah, that game's good. The writing is incredible. <laughs> the uh, okay, let me let me clarify that that silence at the end that was not like a wistful silence. That was just me thinking about how good the writing in the game is. Um, I do not want to fuck Lazel. Mostly. Um, yeah, that game is fucking incredible. Uh, so I have also, I have my own solo file because you can't play like a character that you've made for a co-op campaign as far as I'm aware. I, I think they actually added the feature where you can like extract your character out of a co-op campaign or whatever, but it's fine. I don't want to do that. So I have a solo campaign going where I'm playing a drow paladin, which is neat. It's also a really weird combination uh, from like a story perspective of like paladins are like super respected, but drows are like uh, looked down upon slash feared, depending on what what kind of character you're talking to. Um, and my wife also has her. She actually started a second solo file, so she has three files. Her first solo file is um a tiefling bard, and now she's got a ranger. I forget what race her ranger is, um, but her her tiefling bard and my draw paladin files are basically at the same point, so a lot of stuff in Act 1 I have seen now three times, well, even four now, uh, but yeah, most of Act 1 I have seen play out three times, and yeah, it's wild how different it can all be. Um, Again, I wasn't going to talk too much about it, but this game is just so fucking good. Um, so in Act 1, there's like this optional area with like a... Her name is Auntie Ethel, and she is like... She's a hag, but she's disguised as like an old lady selling potions. Lotions and potions, dear. Um, sorry. Uh, so she's like... she she A pregnant girl whose husband died comes to her for help, she wants Auntie Ethel to revive her husband. Uh, Auntie Ethel is like, yeah, hey, give me that kid. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fatten you up, slopping you up. I'll, I'll give you back your husband, and you give me the, the baby. Um, so you find her brothers like yelling at Ethel before you even know that she's a hag. That, like, hey, you got to let our sister go. Um, this can... Depending on what happens here, you can either side with the brothers or side with her. Um, either way, you kind of find out that she's a hag um, when she teleports away. But anyway, uh, 
that whole area is just so cool. There's so many different things. Like she has, uh, she's put these like cursed masks on other people she's helped. They're like her, like enslaved like guardians. Um, one of them has like high wisdom. So like she's resisting the influence of the masks. So like if you get into this fight against these people wearing the masks, like the others are like attacking you every turn, but the other one is like trying to resist and sometimes is successful and she's like, I, I won't hurt them. Um, but yeah, when you get through with the anti-ethyl stuff, um, or rather when she's near death, she'll say, Hey, 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 no, no, no. Um, I can't die. If you kill me, I'll just come back. But it, it does suck. Uh, it does suck to die and have to be rebirth. Um, so how about we settle this, um, settle this like, like gentlemen. Um, so I've seen it play out three different ways now. Where one where she we we make a bargain with her, uh, and it's like, hey, you can leave. I'm taking Marina, the pregnant lady. Um, she also offers you uh, a, like a, a stat upgrade, like a plus one to any of your stats that you're choosing. But let her go, and she's taking Marina and the baby. Um, or the third option, just fucking kill her. <laughs> So I've seen all three of those now, um, specifically with my draw paladin. I was, you can also try and uh, take Marina and uh, intimidate Ethel into also getting the stat up, which uh, we, we did on one of our files. Um, but on my draw paladin, I did roll for that. The roll was not successful. We had to kill her. It was sick. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just good, man. It's incredible how good this game is. I cannot emphasize enough, like, the best cast of characters I've ever experienced in a game. Um, again, I don't have basically any experience with Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, this game is so good, yeah, it's making us want to, me and my wife want to play Dungeons & Dragons. We, all week, we've kind of been watching various Dungeons & Dragons, like, things. Like, we've watched some of the cast well, most of the cast of your party members play D&D for the first time. That's been streaming on Twitch. We also watched a little of um, Acquisitions Incorporated, which is the, the Penny Arcade dudes. I, I know they're kind of problematic or something. I don't know. But we just wanted some D&D stuff. So it was easy enough to just absorb that for what it was. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but the, the DM... Uh, that acquisitions incorporated is incredible like it just seems so much fucking fun to play D, &D like with a group of friends and like with a good dm um you know i know me wilk and some of our other friends we we've been talking about trying to play D, D like for over a decade and it just never happened i kind of doubt it ever will at this point but man baldur's gate is really it is so fucking good. Yeah, it makes me want to learn and whatever. I know Seth linked me something uh, for learning. Uh, what is it called? I know it's like the, the fifth edition or whatever. Um, I haven't had the chance to look at it yet. I feel like I understand like all of the basics at this point. It's just I don't know like all the DM stuff. And like, yeah, that, that would be the problem with trying to do something like that. But anyway. I think that was everything in my notes for games I've been playing recently. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Uh, let's take a little break. I learned my lesson from last time. We've been going for a little over half an hour. Uh, I'm going to take a break, get some more water, maybe get a coffee. But yeah, we'll be back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, I think I'm going to play a remix of Kirby and the Amazing Mirror music from Smash Bros. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, we'll be back. back got my coffee i dumped a ton of caramel into this thing uh, we didn't have much caramel left and we're going to the grocery store later so i just figured why not just dump the rest in maybe a little more than i expected really looking forward to this thing to cool down though i need this i deserve this i probably don't deserve it um news um i don't have as many things to go over <laughs> obviously this week or again this episode this isn't weekly yet um don't have nearly as much to go over i there might be a topic that isn't exactly new, it's kind of news related i might depending on how long we go with the news i want to talk about we'll see we'll see how it goes let's just start going down my list uh, the first thing I've written down is about the whole Unity debacle and stuff. You know, I very briefly mentioned it last week. <laughs> Again, last episode, not last week. I very briefly mentioned it. Um, I think basically all I said was like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Like, yeah, the, there was nothing else to really say. I know everyone else was saying everything that needed to be said, so there wasn't any real need for me, from my uneducated point of view, to say anything. Um, yeah, it really fucking sucked. Uh, they have, I don't want to say walked back. I think walked back is giving them too much credit. Um, but they made some changes. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to go over all of it here because I think a lot of it's bullshit anyway. Um, and you know, from what I've seen, no one is happy with it still. Um, pretty wild to, <laughs> you know, for a company that big to, Trying to make that big of a change. Everyone hated to the level that they did. Like it's, you know, it's funny that they're called Unity or that the engine is called Unity because it's the first time I've ever seen people this united <laughs> against something. There was not a single person <laughs> that wasn't like a Unity board member <laughs> that uh, was positive about these changes. Well, like any of them. Uh, so yeah, they did all that. They upset everyone. 
and then they proceeded to again walk back is too giving them too much uh, credit uh, and everyone is still upset and all the trust is out the window so that's pretty wild um yeah there, like i said i don't have much to add here that hasn't been said i'm uneducated I am educated enough to know that, yes, it's all bad, and I can see just from glancing over the changes and seeing other people's reactions, this still ain't great. Um, it at least will give developers that are currently in the throes of making a game on Unity the time to... They can finish their game without having to worry about shit, and then, I guess, learn a new engine... So, still not great. Still pretty fucking bad. Um, it's just wild. Um, that's going to be something, honestly, looking over the news, it's basically all bad <laughs> compared to the fun Nintendo Direct and State of Play stuff from the last episode. But uh, it's basically all just capitalist bullshit happening i also i didn't think about it at the time i forgot that uh genshin impact is made with unity um i didn't realize it until just a couple days ago people started talking about how this was likely just unity trying to um get more money from uh the genshin impact devs i forget their name hoyoverse i think um and it sounds like uh Hoyoverse, they've already put up job listings for people with experience with different engines, so good job, I guess. If, if you were wanting to speedrun upsetting the entire industry, you did it. Good job. It's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I don't have much else to say. If you really need to know, and you did you probably don't actually, if, if you're interested in this, but somehow unaware of everything, um, there's a billion resources you can look at. I would recommend Rami Ishmael, his Twitter account. He covered things pretty thoroughly, especially when it was all breaking at the time. Um, but yeah, it's all bad. Let's talk about some other bad stuff. Uh, specifically layoffs. <laughs> uh, specifically both Embracer and Epic. Uh, having layoffs. Um, I don't even know which one I would cover first. I, I can't decide which one I think is more stupid. Probably Embracer, I guess. Uh, so for those who don't know, again, I don't know all the terminology and how business works, but basically Embracer is like they were being partially, mostly funded by the Saudis who are investing heavily into the gaming space right now uh, over the past few years. Embracer, they, like the name implies, they are, or they were, they have been trying to embrace just a ton of studios. They were acquiring all kinds of studios and licenses and IP. They own the rights to Lord of the Rings, like not just the video game rights, I think. If I understand correctly, they just, they bought the rights to Lord of the Rings from the Tolkien estate, which, okay... <laughs> Um, it just, that's just weird from a, I don't know, for just a ton of reasons. You know, I, I don't know, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, 
I probably should have. I have an article up for a different news story I want to talk about, in quote. Um, I know they paid in the billions for the Lord of the Rings IP. I just feel like that IP isn't worth that much right now. You know, obviously, the, the movies from fucking over 20 years ago, yeah, they were big, they are huge at the time, but, like, what has the series, or what has the IP really produced since then, you know? Like, me and my wife liked that Amazon show, that Rings of Power. It was good for what it was, but it's nothing amazing. It just, it's it's nice to have, like, high-budget fantasy TV shows, you know, that isn't shitty, like Game of Thrones. Um, That's more like classic like high fantasy uh you know less less nihilistic than game of thrones i guess i, I like the first couple of seasons of game of thrones but no. that show got bad even before like the fifth season y'all are crazy anyway um yeah embracer they they were just acquiring things all over the place from what i understand they weren't Layoffs weren't happening at any of the studios they were acquiring. Like, even all the HR people were still... Like, everyone was just doing the same thing they were doing. And a lot of the developers were like, Yeah, we, we got bought by Embracer. It's all been great. There's been absolutely no changes. Motherfucker, there's always going to be changes. Uh, it To be fair, I guess, to Embracer, to give them a little bit of leeway, it sounds like they... <laughs> They didn't intend for all of this to go down the way it's going down. I mean, obviously, I, I guess that's pretty obvious. But um, you know, they had a two billion dollar deal fall through um, with the Saudis. You know, it when this all started happening, I, I forget exactly when Embracer started showing up in like the gaming news sphere. But you know, I was less. Again, less educated on all this stuff than I am now. But I still was like, huh, that seems bad. And sure enough, uh, they have been lay doing layoffs all over the place. Um, it's just bad, man. The game industry just feels like it's on fire. Um, I think the I don't I think I don't know if it was a rumor, but that you know, they acquired Gearbox the. Uh, Borderlands people, and now they're trying to sell Gearbox. I don't know if that was a rumor, if that was a reporting, or if it was confirmed. I don't know, but you gotta assume Gearbox is probably like. I'm trying to run over a checklist in my head. I'm not gonna check on Google to see everything Embracer owns because they own a lot of fucking shit right now, for the time being at least. Um. I gotta assume Gearbox is probably one of their more profitable things. Then again, maybe not. Um, sounds based on like the news story from a couple years ago about Borderlands Three devs not getting as much of a bonus as they were expecting. Maybe Borderlands Three didn't do nearly as well as we think it did. I know it did well, obviously. Um, also, Borderlands Three fucking sucks. As someone. Uh, that really liked Borderlands 2 for what it was, and I played like over 100 hours with Colin back when it was new. Uh, 3 was horrible, man. Three, I, I got 10 hours into that, I turned that shit off. I forgot there was also that new Tales from the Borderlands game. That's weird. Um, I really liked the first one. Again, the, the story in Borderlands is horrible. I think even the people that like Borderlands, or even love Borderlands, they don't like... A story, 
that the story in Tales from the Borderlands is actually good somehow. Um, but yeah, the fact that I kind of forgot that the new one even existed probably tells you something, I guess. Anyway, this is all just bad. You know, whenever this shit is going on, all these acquisitions, you know, I have been beating the drum, you know, in my tiny little corner of the internet for years about how this is all pretty fucking bad and stupid. And yet you still see all these fanboys. It, it, you know, it's mostly console warring at this point. It's less with Embracer and stuff, and it's mostly on the PlayStation and Xbox side of things. But you even see it a little bit with, like, Nintendo fans. Why doesn't Nintendo acquire blah, blah, blah? Why doesn't Nintendo acquire uh, Capcom? Like, what? Why do you want that? It wouldn't be good. Um... Like what does so, so even if we ignore you know the the, the impact on human beings and, and employees, what does Nintendo buying Capcom or whatever? Like what does that do for you? You get to enjoy the fact that Capcom games are only on Nintendo or only on Sony or only on Microsoft. Like what does that do for you? Um, you know, I think there are times acquisitions can be good. I'm not saying that it is a net negative all around. It just depends. It depends on the situation. It depends on blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I've seen some people defend the Activision Blizzard being bought by Microsoft with like, well, you know, maybe things will be run better under Microsoft. I guess, maybe. I, I don't know. It sounds like when it comes to Bethesda stuff, it sounds like Microsoft, what that should be. Now, obviously, I don't think, despite what has been said, yeah, I, when the Activision deal goes through, yeah, I don't expect Bobby Kotick to stick around for longer than, like, maybe an extra year or something. I don't know. But I'm not saying there won't be any changes, but yeah, I don't. it, it all just depends, you know. Uh, you know, if Activision start if, if Microsoft buying Activision actually results in Activision putting out games that aren't just fucking Call of Duty and a couple other small things here and there. Okay, you know what? Fine. Good. Uh, and if it gets us Tony Hawk 3 and 4 HD or remastered or whatever. I forget what the 1 and 2 was called, but damn, that was a good game. <laughs> um, you know, if 3 and 4, or if Tony Hawk 3 and 4 HD happen because of Microsoft buying Activision, fine. I will never say another bad word about Microsoft buying Activision. That's not true. It's still bad. But anyway, I don't even really remember what my point was. Beyond, there is more at stake than just console fanboy warring on the internet. And you know, it's weird as like a 33-year-old man, uh, you know, I... I even as a teenager, I was never engaging with the console warring bullshit, but I, I saw a lot of it, you know, just being in the age bracket I was in and, and friends being like, oh yeah, PlayStation, why are you on Xbox, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't know that shit really existed still, at least to the level it does. Turns out it's even worse than it was because there's so many more people on the internet. I don't it's bad. Um, yeah, my heart goes out. I, I, that sounds like such a fake phrase and what I usually make fun for fun of people for saying my heart goes out, but 
truly my heart goes out to all the people laid off by this. I don't have numbers in front of me or anything, but uh, it fucking sucks, man. As someone that has been laid off from a job before, it just... I, let me tell my own layoff story real quick. Um, we knew it was probably coming. Like, we had known for... As you often do, I think, in these kind of situations. I, I truly doubt there's many times where big layoffs are a massive surprise. But anyway, I worked for, like, a small... Uh, appraisal like like real estate appraisal company in finley ohio a few years ago more than a few at this point i guess god i'm getting old uh but yeah a deal like so that appraisal company they would sign contracts with uh different counties to to do the appraisal for their counties every i think it was every four every six years it's been a while since i worked in that industry um but yes, yeah, so like a deal fell through with like two counties. It's like we just didn't have enough work to keep people on. So they laid off like almost everyone. Like that team of people that did the did my job. There was over a dozen of us, I think, in that department. They laid off everyone but like three people, I think. Um, you know, that's been years ago now. That was 2018. And shit, we're coming up on like that cycle where unless they've made new contracts, they might be laying people off again. I know they rehired a lot of people. Um, I think sure what whatever. Don't need to get into it. This is a video game podcast, but to show you how clueless people are, even in in a small company, like that company had less than like fifty employees. I would say less than like thirty, probably. Um how clueless and heartless people can be. So they they start calling like we were divided up into rooms in this office building and they they are calling us in room by room to basically tell us yeah and hey like you guys are done in a few weeks finish up this project and you're done blah 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 um so they call us into this room and it's our our manager and like uh the hr head of HR and like, I don't know, she, I forget what her exact position was, but she was like vice president of the company or whatever. I, I don't remember high up at the company and they're all smiles as we sit in and we just, the five of us, I think it was five. We all happened to be wearing like blue, blue shirts that day. I don't remember. And they're like, ah, oh, did, did you guys color coordinate before you came into the office? Say, ah, and everyone, cause we all knew, we all knew what was coming, but, Everyone's just like, ah. And then, yeah, the, the, the smiles slid off their slimy fucking faces as they told us that in a few weeks we wouldn't have jobs or whatever. Um, but to really aim the point home, uh, there was a lady in, in, in my room in, in that department. Uh, her and her husband had just bought a house, like, literally, I think, like, two weeks previously. Uh, there also was a monthly newsletter. <laughs> Um, or maybe it was a quarterly newsletter, but, uh, and it was always like, Hey, share with us what, anything that you want in the newsletter, any like weddings, kids, any big news in your life, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, in the newsletter, she had sent to the, the lady that makes the newsletter. Hey, yeah, me and my husband bought a house. So that newsletter comes out and in there is the fact that, yeah, this, this lady just bought a house. And then like two weeks later. Hey, you're laid off. Good luck with your new house. 
have fun <laughs> have fun at the Christmas party in a couple of weeks. Uh, and again, you know, I understand, you know, there wasn't work for us to do. I, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, yeah, we, you know, something else should have happened. You know, it, no one at that company was like a, a multimillionaire CEO or whatever. But in that case, it was more so how the news was delivered. Wild. Wild that, that, that you have that much disdain for your own employees that you yourselves hired. You know, I interviewed with both those people. You know, we, we'd been out to like company like lunches and dinners with, with those people. Hey, nice shirt. By the way, you're fired in a couple weeks when you're done with the work that we need you to do. And then you're fired. Anyway, uh, like I said before, it wasn't just Embracer, it was also Epic. Um, I think, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, I think it was something like 16% of Epic employees were laid off. That's 900-something employees, including a very large chunk of the Fall Guys developers' Mediatonic, um, which they were acquired by Epic just a couple of years ago. I mean, yeah, the Fall Guys, that came out in, what, 2019? 2020? I think 2020. Um, wild. Oh, and also, yeah, I forgot also that uh, Epic, they, they acquired Bandcamp, Bandcamp a couple of years ago, or not even, it was like a year ago. And now they're selling it. Truly wild shit. Uh, Tim Sweeney is a fucking libertarian tool. All you need to do is look at his Twitter to see what a fucking idiot he is. Uh, and like I said before, anyone with half a brain saw this shit coming with both Embracer. You know, what's wild about Epic is like, and I've seen people on Twitter. Now, granted, they're all like blue checkmark idiots, but like, you know, you get, what say what you want about Epic with these layoffs, but you gotta hand it to them for keeping Fortnite like in the the, the the conversation in the public consciousness for so long. It's like, do do I have to hand it to them? When <laughs> like that game is reportedly makes all of the money in the universe every year, and they still need to lay off nine hundred people? It's like what what is going wrong? You know, where is all this money just disappearing to? Are they shooting it into space? Like, what what is going on, you know, where we need to lay off this many people? Um, I would be curious about Fall Guys. You know, that game blew the fuck up for a few months back in 2020. Again, I guess that's it was part of, you know, COVID. So, you know, the same way, like, Among Us blew up the way it did partially because of just the timing and stuff. Um... I would be curious to know Fall Guys numbers. Like, I there are still multiple people on my PlayStation friends list that still regularly I see on Fall Guys. Um, for what it's worth, I really liked that game when it came out. It just I think most of the people I knew playing it moved on, so I I didn't want to keep playing by myself, so I stopped playing. All the updates I've seen for it since have been fucking awesome. I know they transitioned over to like a free to play model or something. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things of like, yeah, that game blew the fuck up, and then Epic bought them immediately. And like, if I remember correctly, it was pretty quickly, like within a few months, like they snatched that developer up, and now basically everyone's gone. Well, 
again, I don't know the exact numbers. It sounds like the slashes over at Mediatonic specifically were pretty bad. Yeah. It's all, the game industry feels real bad. Um, it's funny going from how good the actual games are this year in particular, like Baldur's Gate, like Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, like 30XX, and then you come down to shit like this. But yeah, um, it just felt like anyone with half a brain knew this Embracer shit was coming years ago, and to a certain degree also with Epic, like, you know, they made the Epic Game Store and they spend so much money, like, courting developers, but, like, do you know anyone that uses the Epic Game Store for anything but Fortnite? I don't. I think I made an account when they first started because they were offering, like, free games every month. I know I claimed a few things. I've never played anything on there. And I stopped logging in to even to claim the free games because who cares? If I'm not using it, what does it matter? I have plenty of games. I have infinite games that I own in some way or another, and I have never played. So why do I need to have another batch of them on another st storefront, you know? Um, and, you know, in theory, I do agree with Tim Sweeney in that, like, yeah, Valve with Steam kind of has a stranglehold on the PC market. And I do think that anyone that is just raw, raw Steam, like, like your faith is also misplaced and misguided. Um but that said, yeah, that's about as much as I'm willing to to give it to Tim Sweeney. Fuck that guy. Uh, you know, that dude runs the company. He, he claims that he runs the company on, like, ideologies as opposed to making money. I If I remember the Twitter thread correctly, maybe I should look this up. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find specifically... What I am looking for, I was reading it the other day, and I don't want to misquote it. Uh, he tweets a lot. Now he's tweeting about Google antitrust lawsuit stuff. Okay, I'm not going to bother looking for it. Uh, like I said, he just seems like a fucking libertarian fuckstick. Like, fuck this guy. He runs it on, like, his supposed ideologies of, like, yeah, we're, we're you know, free market. Like, we're, we're going to take down Big Bad Steam. You know, the same way that they got Fortnite taken off of um, the iOS, the App Store, because they wanted to try and start a fight with Apple, which it sounds like basically no one won <laughs> in that fight. Um, but I'll... You know, regardless of what you think about Apple and walled gardens and blah, blah, blah. Um, Fortnite is a game, especially a few years ago. It's changed a little bit in recent years, I think. But a few years ago, it was basically only played by, like, kids and teenagers. I shouldn't say only, but I think the proportion of, like, kids and teenagers playing compared to adults was much, much higher a few years ago than it is now. Um... Like, that dude is trying to start a war with Apple by telling kids, hey, get your parents to yell at Apple, or you yourself yell at Apple for us uh, to get it back on the App Store, and everything will be fine. Um, it really fucking sucks. I That, you know, the, the Fortnite 
in-game like parody of the old Apple commercials fucking sucks, man. Also, none, no one in your audience fucking knows what that's parody. <laughs> Ugh. I I really dislike Tim Sweeney. Uh, speaking of people I really dislike in the game industry, Jim Ryan stepping down as head of PlayStation. Uh, this one I do I want to read. Um, out loud, an article from Jason Schreier. Not the whole article, but a section of it. Uh, but let me, before I even do that, let me just say Jim Ryan is a fucking piece of shit. Uh, that has nothing to do with uh, how he ran PlayStation as like a company or whatever. Uh, but the reason I'm saying that is in this section of the article from Jason Schreier that I want to read off, so let me do that. This is from Bloomberg. I think this was posted yesterday, again, by Jason. Jason Schreier. At one point, he infuriated retro game fans and preservationists by saying that old PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games, uh, quote, looked ancient, like why would anybody play this, unquote. Another time, while touting the company's accomplishments in Europe and Asia, Ryan claimed that, quote, people had never played games before PlayStation in the Middle East, unquote, which was false. Perhaps his biggest flub came in 2022, just after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Rather than take a stance on abortion rights, as some staff had hoped, Ryan wrote that, quote, we owe it to each other and to PlayStation's millions of users to respect differences of opinion among everyone in our internal and external communities, unquote. As we reported at the time, he went on to tell a goofy story about his cats and his desire to get a dog. I'm going to touch on that in a second. Uh, a corporation abstaining from supporting abortion rights was not a huge surprise, but the lighthearted email came off as tone-deaf to many PlayStation employees, who took to internal channels to express their dismay. Insomniac Games, the PlayStation-owned studio behind Spider-Man, went on to make a $50,000 donation to a women's rights organization, but was forbidden from speaking publicly about it. Yeah. So for those who don't remember, when Roe v. Wade was overturned last year, uh, obviously everything was felt like the world was on fire at that point. Uh, it kind of solidified the fact that I will probably never move back to America, at least not unless, like, I'm divorced. If my wife ends up hating me in a few years or something, maybe then I'll be forced to go back. But, uh, yeah, I, everything felt so bad when that happened. And then to have your employer, speaking as a hypothetical PlayStation employee, have your employer send out an email being like, yeah, well, we got to respect both sides of the argument. Uh, as an anecdote, here's my talking, here's me talking about my cats. Um, I'm not going to pull up this, the original article where that email was sent out, but I have seen the email last year. It was honestly even worse than what Jason made it sound like here, which I know he's not trying to downplay it, but it, Truly, in my mind, the actual email was worse. Um, to to be so fucking tone deaf. Fuck this dude. Um, and and like Jason said, you know, a, a huge corporation. Yeah, sure. I don't. I don't expect anything that isn't pure cowardice to come out of like the head of a a company that big or a division of a company that big. 
But yeah, to go on to do your cat anecdote is so... Mm. I like I, I genuinely am mad about it hearing this again. Um regardless of that from you know from a more games oriented point of view, yeah, you know, I I think PlayStation PlayStation 5 has been the most disappointed with a game console I've owned in a long time. Um you know, maybe I'm a fanboy, but even more than the Wii U. Like again, the PlayStation 5 is as a piece of hardware, I think it's it's good, um, but so much on the software side of things, and I don't even just mean games, but like the interface. And again, I know Jim Ryan has nothing to fucking do with the interface beyond the fact that you know someone beneath him uh, signed off on UI decisions that he has no understanding or care about. But still, <laughs> uh, I have. Never seen a console interface this confusing. Well, may I guess the Xbox One was pretty bad also, but to go from the PlayStation Four, which I think is my favorite non-Nintendo console of all time, probably top three console of all time, period, and then go to the PlayStation Five, where so much on the surface is pretty similar, but like even just closing out of the out of a game takes like four extra button presses than you would think. It's fucking wild. And that's not even getting into how fucking unusable the party system is, which again, it worked just fine on PlayStation 4. Um, the fact that Discord has, you know, integration with PlayStation 5 now is kind of a godsend. I think basically the few times I've actually used, I've played online on my PS5 in the past few years and did voice chat with people, we were just using Discord. I guess maybe not because that's a pretty recent development, but I guess that just goes to show you I barely use my PlayStation 5 to play online games and do voice chat anymore. Um, and that's without getting into PSVR 2 seems like a huge fucking flop. Um, what the fuck? The PlayStation Portal is the most baffling thing I've ever seen. You know, if the PlayStation Portal was like a Wii U gamepad and it used like Bluetooth to remotely connect to your PlayStation 5, that would have been fucking sick. I would have genuinely paid like 400 fucking dollars for that thing. Nope. PlayStation Portal. You just it's it's just remote play over Wi-Fi on your home PS5. Like so you need to own a PS5 and a PlayStation Portal. So that's setting you back what at least like 800 bucks right off the bat before tax. Just for shitty remote play that we all have access to on our phones anyway. Sorry, the cat just jumped on the desk. Um, you know that all said, I you know I'm also not a big fan of PlayStation's first party output over the past few years. When again, I think the PS4 output was generally pretty good, especially in the earlier years. Earlier years. Um, I don't expect all or probably any, honestly, of these things to be fixed. I think so much of this is just already in motion that I don't, even if you hire, like, the sickest dude in the world to run PlayStation, like, we won't see, you know, significant changes to, like, software output for probably, what, at least five years anyway? Like, yeah, the things that are in motion now are going to stay in motion beyond stuff that's, like, early in development and they could theoretically cancel or whatever. Um, you know, PlayStation 
Jim Ryan has said that they are trying to transition to a more games as a service thing. Like they are going, it sounds like their two pillars are going to be, uh, you know, big single player open world, not even inherently open world things, but just big single player 30 to 40 hour epics like Spider-Man, like God of War, like Last of Us, like Horizon Zero Dawn. I guess just Horizon at this point. And uh, games as a service stuff. Um, which, okay. Uh, the thing with games as a service, man, that it's wild that people still haven't learned is that people only have so much time in the day. People only have so much money to spend too, but if, if anything, it's more time, I think, that's the problem. Uh, you know, they acquired Bungie and Bungie put out Destiny 2, which at this point, besides something like Fortnite, is probably the most successful games as a service game. I'm trying to think of another one off the top of my head that comes to the level of those two. But you know, I played Destiny 2 when it was brand new. Before it was free to play, I paid I think I bought like a day one edition or whatever, just because my friends were playing it. I never played the first Destiny. Um and I had a lot of fun with it for a couple of weeks and then I was done. Uh, you know, I, I know now it's a bit different that they probably have a better pipeline for getting content out or whatever, but like, I don't want to do things that feel like a chore. I just want to play a game and have fun. But when it starts feeling like a chore, then I'm out because I'm an adult that has other things to do. I, I can play a million other games. I can go play Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, which despite all my complaining about it earlier, I'd still rather play Kirby and the Amazing Mirror than Fortnite or Destiny 2. But I know that's just me. I know most people in the world would much rather play Fortnite or Destiny 2. Uh, but yeah, you know, and again, I don't mind some games as a service thing, but I, I do think it's a mistake to try. Yeah, we're going to put out a bunch of games as a service, you know, like we're going to acquire like one of the biggest games as a service studios there is. Okay, but why? And we're going to do other games as a service games. You know, they apparently they're trying to have the uh, Naughty Dog, the Uncharted and Last of Us developers. They are apparently trying to do games as a service stuff. There, you know, there was supposed to be. Um, I forget what the Last of Us one, the multiplayer mode was called Factions, I think. And I think people really like it. And I, I think people like the Uncharted multiplayer. Also, I never played any of them, but I. From what I understand, I think people like them pretty well. Uh, and I think Last of Us Part Two Factions has supposed to... Like, they promised that was a thing for a long time. And I forget if that was... If this was confirmed or if this is just reported by, like, Jason Schreier or something. But that, like, yeah, that that has been, like, indefinitely delayed internally. Or if that was an official thing. I don't know. But it sounded like when they acquired Bungie, they had Bungie take a look at what they were working on. And Bungie said, hey, no... This doesn't. This isn't working the way you want it to. You need to take a closer look at this. Sorry, I need to take a sip of water. I'm not muting it either. I want everyone to to hear this. Uh, oh yeah, my coffee is probably cool by now. I'm gonna take a sip of that next. Yep, that is very caramelly. Whew. That's how we like it. Caramelly and raw. 
damn fine cup of coffee. Anyway, yeah, Jim Ryan, that dude fucking sucks. Uh, and yeah, he, I think he's been at the company. It was in the same article. I already closed out of it, but I think he's been at the company since like 94. So he's been at PlayStation since near the beginning. Uh, but he's like a marketing dude. Um, you know, I don't, again, not trying to be a Nintendo fanboy, but like you look at, you know, Satoru Iwata and just how, how different the way he ran Nintendo is compared to all this shit. And like when Nintendo was facing hard years with the Wii U that Iwata and other board members took pay cuts instead of laying people off and just. It's, it's you just don't see that shit and it's it i understand you know nintendo is not your friend i'm not trying to claim that nintendo is my friend uh, i want to genuinely seem like a super good person regardless of the fact that he was also running a huge business or whatever um but also from a business perspective perspective he was right you know laying off a bunch of your staff how is that good for the company beyond just saving some quick cash? Um, it's also going to hurt morale of the people that are still there and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, why not if you have all that money? And again, Japanese CEOs tend to not have nearly as much money as Americans. I know this is kind of... We're, we're kind of combining Jim Ryan and the layoff stuff into one thing now, but why not? Why not just do that? Why not as a CEO that makes way too much money? I mean, I know I know why not, but yeah. There's not much else I can say. This shit is all depressing, but it, it, the whole world has been depressing to me for like a decade. So, there you go. You need nice. And don't get bought by Embracer. Sounds like they can't now, and <laughs> they can't buy anyone now. Maybe they'll buy the Tomb. Oh no, they! they <laughs> I was trying to think of like a not relevant franchise that they could buy, and I was going to say Tomb Raider. I think they own Tomb Raider. <laughs> okay, um, I think I only have one. Yeah, I only have one more news thing uh, written down in my notes. Uh, speaking of high-level departures, Hideki Kamiya, Kamiya uh, leaving Platinum. Not much to say about this, except that it's pretty surprising, honestly. Um, you know, he was famously part of Capcom for a long time. I think his first his directorial debut was the original Resident Resident Evil Two. Uh, he made the first Devil May Cry. He directed Beautiful Joe and Okami. Um, Part of he was one of the people that was at Clover, an internal Capcom studio that again made beautiful Joe Nokami. And then when that studio was internally like shuttered and things are gonna be moved around, him and some other people left and formed Platinum Games. It just always seemed like Kamiya would be at Platinum for probably the rest of his career. Not the case, I guess. Uh, at this point, what? Bayonetta. So he didn't direct Bayonetta 2 or 3. Was it the last game he directed? Was that Wonderful 101? I think it might have been. Which, I do think Wonderful 101 is very underrated. 
Um, I understand why people kind of balk at it. It is pretty intimidating to try and play. At least it was back on the Wii U. I have not played the remastered version. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot for me to say. Like I said, beyond that, it's kind of surprising that he's leaving. I wonder where he's going. Uh, it seemed like it's on decent terms. My hunch is that, um, well, for one, it kind of sounded to me like, yeah, he. I don't think he's directed a game since Wonderful 101. I think he, he was directing that... Uh, what it was called that dragon game for for xbox before that got canceled um it sounds like he's probably just been stuck more on the business side of things and maybe he just wants to make games again i don't know uh, platinum's also had not a lot of big successes recently um you know i don't know i haven't kept track i don't know how well bayonetta 3 sold um, but more, uh, <laughs> bigger problem for them, I forget, again, I forget what it was called, but they put out some kind of like games as a service game with Square Enix earlier this year, last year, and that was done within a couple months. Like they just like, nope, no one's playing this. Um, again, goes back to the, why are we, why are, there can only be so many games, successful games as a service games. It's just a, Y'all, it's just not going to work. Um, and, you know, I understand Platinum probably feeling the need to diversify, like, what their output is and stuff. Um, but I feel like they did that a little with, like, Square Enix besides that game. Well, again, that was an attempt at diversifying. But, you know, they did the combat system for Nier Automata. They, you know, I actually have never been clear on what all exactly they did for Nier Automata. I... My understanding was it was the combat system, but I wonder if they did more just grunt work in general. Um, and they also apparently worked on Final Fantasy 16, which makes a fuck ton of sense, especially when you look at the boss fights. And yeah, it in a lot of ways just kind of plays like a Devil May Cry game, which makes sense because the combat director of Devil May Cry 5 was the combat director here. But yeah. That was my last news story. Um, I was thinking about... So I had a topic I kind of wanted to talk about. I was thinking of skipping it this episode, but maybe we'll just go for it since I just mentioned Final Fantasy XVI. Uh, we talked in the previous episode about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, famously, I said I, I'm a fucking pig for being super excited about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, but that had me thinking a lot about Final Fantasy in general. Um, I'm not the biggest Final Fantasy fan in the world, but I did play through 16 uh, this summer. Uh, I think I liked it more than most people, even though, yeah, I don't think it's that good. But I did get the Platinum Trophy in it and blah, blah, blah. So I, I spent a decent amount of time with it. Um, that I don't know, people's reactions to Seven Rebirth, and, like, so Tokyo Game Show happened last week. Um... And the lines to see or to demo Seven Rebirth, like, there are videos online. I, I've seen it. Like, it goes out, the line goes outside the door. Um, people seem so excited about Seven Rebirth in a way that I haven't really seen people be excited about Final Fantasy in a long time. Like, obviously, this is still a huge series, regardless of anything we're about to talk about here. 
But I, I feel like Seven Rebirth is the first time that the, the I don't know the series is really seeing like a huge amount of interest outside of like the core fan base of Final Fantasy. Um, and obviously, you know, I think my hunch is I was pleasantly surprised by Seven Remake. And I'm guessing a lot of other people also were. I know a lot of people were disappointed with it too. But I think generally the the consensus seems to be people liked 7 Remake. So the direct follow-up to that, that is way more open and seems to be fixing a lot of issues most of us had with 7 Remake. That's exciting for people, right? And yeah, 16, which again, has its fans and... People that seem to like that game really fucking like that game. Um, but it doesn't have, like, that cultural oomph. You know, I, I don't... We're not talking about Final Fantasy sixteen anymore. It kind of feels like it came and went in a way that, like, Zelda and Baldur's Gate and whatever else didn't. Like, I, people are still talking about Zelda. I, hell, people are still talking about Pikmin 4. People aren't talking about Final Fantasy 16 beyond. I know there was like a DLC announcement a couple weeks ago or whatever, but yeah, it has me thinking a lot about um, like what can Final Fantasy as a series do? Again, Seven Rebirth has the hype, but what are they going to do for Final Fantasy 17? Um, and this isn't—I don't have an answer or anything. This is just something I've been thinking about, but like. It feels like Final Fantasy needs some kind of uh, just a retooling. Like someone needs to come in and just examine what works and what doesn't. Now, you can make the argument that 16, which is like a straight up action game, as there's like no RPG elements to it at all, despite it being a mainline Final Fantasy game. Like 16 was their attempt at doing that, but I. My issue with that is it didn't really reinvent anything. It just was like, okay, but now Final Fantasy, remember that turn-based game? Now it's it's not that. Now it's Devil May Cry. But why? <laughs> like, I know people really like, what's it, Yoshi P, the producer of Final Fantasy XIV. I know, I know people have a lot of respect for him or whatever. He said some questionable things about, like, race representation and blah, blah, blah. We won't get into. It's bad. We won't get into it. Um... But that's not like a vision to me, you know, to say, hey, Final Fantasy, but it's Devil May Cry now. That's just taking something established and replacing it with something else established. You know, looking at, like, again, Zelda as an example. Uh, you know, Nintendo really reinvented the series with Breath of the Wild. It wasn't just like, let's do something that's different. It's, let's do something that hasn't exactly been done before and especially not by us um like nintendo looked at open world games and said okay let's do our own take on it to the point where they called it open air and not open world and you know nintendo likes to do that sometimes at their own little funny naming conventions like if i remember correctly animal crossing on gamecube nintendo was a lot of people were calling that a life simulator and nintendo was calling it a communication game which honestly is kind of more accurate you know i think it is mostly just like a marketing thing of nintendo wanting to call things their own thing 
but it is kind of true though like breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom they are not open world games in the way that assassin's creed or grand theft auto or red dead redemption are despite the fact that they it does borrow some elements from those games um or yeah elden ring another example of like Okay, let's take Dark Souls, but let's make it open world, but also let's do things that other games in this genre don't do. Um, like, what is Final Fantasy known for at this point? Like, what what is a consistent uh, fact of the of the games of this of each mainline entry in the series? Besides, you know, cute little references like Moogles and Chocobos and Cactars. The only really defining thing at this point is that each game is complete is is different. Like, you know, there are changes to not. It's not just the characters and the story in the world, but also like the, the battle system. Even, you know, I would argue probably Final Fantasy four, five, and six are probably the ones that are kind of the most similar gameplay wise. But even then, there's still quite a bit of difference. Five in part- in particular has you know a whole job system attached to it. Huh. You know, maybe five, five, six, and seven maybe is a better. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. I find it telling that you know, sixteen was supposed to be this grand reinvention of the series, and it kind of you know again. I'm sure it sold well, and again, the people that love it really fucking love it. I liked it. It's pretty good. It wasn't what I want out of Final Fantasy. But yeah, I think it's very telling that 16 is already kind of out of the conversation. And then 7 Rebirth has like the most hype I've seen behind the series since... I don't even know when the last time I saw hype for the new for a new game in the series at this point. On this level. Um, so maybe Final Fantasy's reinvention should be that it doesn't need to have reinventions every time, you know? Like, iteration is okay. You know, again, they were iterating between Final Fantasies back in the Super Nintendo and PlayStation days. Even if the world and characters were different and the battle system also on the micro scale was different, they were still iterating on ideas as they went. You know, I still haven't played Final Fantasy 15. Uh, I would like to. It's on PlayStation Plus, or it was part of PlayStation Plus Collection or whatever the fuck it was called. Um, I really want to get around to it one of these days. I played the demo for it years ago. I just didn't like the combat, but I don't know. I'm 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 cl- close to getting in the mood to wanting to give it a shot again. Um, I also, you know, I played Final Fantasy V for the first time this year, and that was fucking awesome. And it really put me in a Final Fantasy mood. Um, but yeah, that reinvention with Final Fantasy was that it was supposed to be this open world thing. And again, I think the people that like that game really fucking like it, and people that like the characters really fucking like it, but it's not in the the public conversation anymore beyond people laughing at the fact that it took like fucking 13 years to come out, or however long it was. It wasn't 13, but it was a lot. Um, I don't know. You know, I, Again, I don't know what the answer is. This is just kind of me just wanting to talk about Final Fantasy a little bit, because 7 Rebirth was looking incredible. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My, my takeaway is kind of maybe just iterating with smaller steps 
is what the series needs right now. And again, please, I, I like 16, but please, we don't, 17 should not be this. Should not be like 16, I mean. Uh, if you want to keep doing that Devil May Cry stuff, fine. Make sequels to 16, then make 16 too, and, and really fucking go for it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think that's it for today. Let me take some more sips of coffee first. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of ran out of steam there. I don't know how to end this podcast now. Um, I guess thanks for listening. Um, this has been Critical Diversions, the games and news episode uh, for September 30th. Um, yeah, check us out. We're going to be taking next week off of Games Club. Uh, but like I said, at the top of this, Gunbrella is our next game. We should be doing that the week of, what was that, the 10th, I think. Um, and yeah, if you want to hang out in our Discord, I don't have the link public. Uh, you can ask me for the link on Twitter, whatever, if you're interested. A lot of fun people in there. Uh, I think you can also just search for Discord servers. I don't know. We're critical diversions or something. Whatever. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, and I'll probably do another one of these, probably, uh, before our Gunbrilla episode, so see you then. Bye!